This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out again, blazing the path to the hearts of sinners. And I'm so happy to be back with you folks at this time. The Lord is blessing us here. We've uh, much response to our little survey asking folks where they're listening and folks are doing those things. And we're encouraged by that. And several have said, well, we're going to help you with the broadcast, Trailblazer, if you need a little help. So I've always uh, felt like the Lord would supply the needs of the work here without us getting on the radio and begging and pleading for money. No, we have to do that. We'll just get off. But the Lord knows all about it. And I appreciate every one of you who have written, emailed me, and uh, let me know that you're listening. So you, you continue to pray for me, if you will. We bring you this study now on uh, blood redemption, and we're looking today at blood, the blood of the covenant. We just, in our last study or two, we were talking there, speaking there about Abraham, how the Lord was dealing with Abraham, how he had uh, uh, rescued Lot from his, those vicious people, and uh, he, told, he told Abraham, he said, uh, uh, you look north, south, east, and west, and all the land you see, I'll give it to you. We saw that. And after Lot left Abraham, uh, one day he was captured by certain invading kings, he and all of his substance, and Abraham with his small band waged war on those kings and overran them, defeated them, and re- rescued Lot, and returned with him and all of his possession back to the land of the plains. Then later on, one day Abraham was sitting in the door of his tent, at the close of the day, meditating. You get this picture. Those folks were, were tenders. They were wanderers, sheep herders, and so forth. And uh, he was, old Abraham was fearful lest those kings should remobilize. And he was sitting out there in his tent uh, as a cool of the evening, musing over those things. And the shades of night dropped around him, and the stars shone out from their orbits. And then in the midst of that uh, quiet time, there under the stars, the word of the Lord came to Abram, and it was a great moment. Oh, my friend, when the word of the Lord comes to an individual heart, what a time that is, according to Psalm 119. The entrance of thy word giveth light, and the Lord said to Abraham, Fear not, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. Out of the clear blue, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, Fear not, fear not. Isn't that a great day, folks? Pastor? Isn't that a great day when the Lord gives us grace to uh, fear not? Fear not. I know I've mentioned to you a couple of times when the Lord first called me into the ministry here. I saw the vastness of this work, the responsibility, all of the things that beset us, the finance, the the, uh, problems and trials. And I was shaking in my boots and reading God's word one day. And the Lord, I came across this verse of scripture. And uh, it wasn't an audible voice. I didn't hear a voice. I never heard a voice. But the the word said, uh, certainly I'll be with you. Certainly I'll be with you. Oh, but listen, here's old Abraham. He's worried. He's afraid. And he asked the Lord, what will thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus. Old Abraham changed the subject, didn't he? He was thinking about those kings, but he was thinking about something else too. The thing that filled his heart was, the Lord has called me and given me this promise, but I have no heir. It's just, it's just human nature for us to, to be afraid, to fear, be fearful. So he said to God the Father, here's my old servant, Eliezer. Abraham continued to speak to the Lord and said, Behold, thou, to me thou hast given 
no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Abraham was saying, Jehovah, uh, thou hast brought me thus far. You called me, you separated me, you brought me as uh, to this hour, and there's no heir, and there's no seed, and you promised me uh, that the, my family would be as the sand of the sea, and I'm getting old, and uh, I'm just sitting here meditating uh, of the coming of the Messiah who should come through my seed. What about my old servant here, Eliezer, being adopted into my family? You see, Abraham wanted to help God out. So does every sinner want to help God. I have a host of folks whom I deal with on a regular basis. And one of the things that they cannot get over, uh, that they can't help the Lord. My friend, you can't help the Lord do one thing. You, you, you can't. You can't help the Lord. The Lord doesn't need you. The Lord doesn't see anything in you. You know what the Lord wants you to do? Obey. Obey. Obey is better than sacrifice. That's what the Lord told, uh, old, old Saul, the prophet told old Saul, wasn't it? Old Saul came back from down there slaying all those folks and brought back the best of the sheep and the cattle and, and the, even the old king. And, uh, and the prophet asked him, said, What meaneth the lowing of the sheep and the, and the cattle and the blading of the sheep? And he said, the people, the people, everybody blames somebody else, don't they? Just like we saw there in the study of two back, that old Adam blamed, uh, blamed, blamed Eve. He said, that woman thou gavest me. And then Eve said, the serpent made me do it. Oh, my friend, you, have you ever taken the blame? Have you ever taken the blame for your, your ungodly ways, my friend? You, you're, the, you're, the, you're to blame, just like the old trailblazer. We're all to blame. But have you ever taken the blame? Now, uh, he said that uh, Sarah and I both are past age for having children. Abraham was looking there about an heir. But when he heard Jehovah say, He that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be the heir. Abraham did not stagger at the promise and or the possibility of the promise being fulfilled. You can find that over there in Romans 4.20, if you will. In the face of this promise, the Lord brought Abraham uh, forth. And it, and it, listen, and it seemed that the Lord just stepped down by the side of Abraham and led him out there under the starry skies and said, Look, look toward heaven and tell the stars or count the stars, if thou be able. When Abraham looked above at the bright heavens, no doubt he turned and said, Jehovah, I can't number them. Then he said, so shall thy seed be. No doubt Abraham stood there rolling that promise over in his heart. Now let me ask you something, folks. The Lord has given you many gracious promises. Awakened sinner, the Lord has given you many gracious promises. Can't you lay hold to those promises? I, I, I deal with folks on a regular basis about their soul's condition, about being lost and not able to, not able to trust the Lord. My friend, I made a statement the other day that if you know another way to be saved, let me know. I don't know another way except to come to Christ, just to come to Christ. Abraham had no way out. It was Christ only. It was the Jehovah God only. He had to deal with, my friend, and he gave him that promise. And he said, so shall thy seed be. In the face of the fact that Abraham and Sarah both were dead uh, to having children, there was no human possibility of them having a child. And yet God refused in the face of that fact, to accept an adopted child. He kept rolling that promise over and over and over. Abraham did, so shall thy seed be. Abraham first, by faith, laid hold of that promise. 
It was made real to his heart. Then he looked beyond the promise and laid hold of the promiser, Jehovah himself. First, faith believes the word, my friend. Listen, listen. You believe the word. And second, by faith, lay hold of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the scriptures record, and he believed in the Lord. And he believed in the Lord. One place it said he believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Let me explain this fact before we go any further. Abraham's body was dead as far as having children. There lay the, uh, in full view of Abraham's eyes, the fact that he could never have any children. Where was the heir? Uh, Sarah's womb was dead. But Jehovah is the God of resurrection, my friend. Therefore, a dead body was the very thing for him to act upon. Let's face fact. If nature is not dead, God will have to put it to death before he can reveal himself. Nature, with all its boasting powers and empty pretension, has to be withered and brought to naught by the sentence of death before God will raise that sinner to new life in Christ. Now, you drive a pig down there, my friend, and hold it. The old Trevelyan used to say that. Drive a stake down there and hold it, my friend. There never has been, there never will be a sinner saved until first there, there comes the withering work of the Holy Spirit that puts nature, your old heart, your old nature, with all of its glory, with all of its boasting, under the sentence of death and the judgment of God. Then, in the face of human impossibility, the Lord Jehovah overshadows that individual and out of death brings forth life. Now, listen, let's get that fact. Let me, let me make that statement again. In the face of human, face of human impossibility, the Lord Je- Jehovah overshadows that individual and out of death brings forth life. I look out upon my folks, my radio audience, my listening audience here, my congregation. I look out upon those faces, and I know that it's impossible. It's impossible for that individual to be saved apart from the grace of God. I know I cannot, I cannot say one thing. I cannot do one thing. And I'm, I'm afraid many of our local pastors and preachers have gone down the wrong road telling folks how to be saved, trust Jesus, shake my hand, uh, pray through, and all of those things. My friend, none of that is important. Nothing is important except the grace and strength of our blessed Lord by and through the high power of the Holy Spirit to come there to awaken that sinner, to nudge him on, to turn to the Lord. When a sinner uh, sees himself as he is, guilty, wretched, wicked, vile, undone, hateful, blasphemous, uh, by nature, all of those things, by nature, uh, go there and read the first three or four chapters of Romans, my friend. I often tell you to do that. When a man sees that helplessness, he's like a dead dog on the side of the road. He can't do one thing. The Bible says, shall these bones live? Can these bones live? He saw the picture of the uh, uh, dry bones out there in the open field. And he said, can these bones live? Yea, Lord, thou sayest. Thou sayest. Just like Adam, there when the Lord created Adam out of a lump of clay or a handful of dust, he lay there on the ground in the garden. No life. No life. Could he, could he, could he, could he shake somebody's hand and become alive? No. The Lord breathed the breath of life into that empty carcass, and he became a living soul. That's what happens when the Lord saves a sinner. The Holy Spirit breathes into that body, breathes into that individual, 
uh, the living breath, just like the living waters there at the woman of the, at the well. She, he said, I'll give you that living water. That's what happens when, you, when the Lord saves you. My friend, salvation is not making a decision for Jesus. Salvation is not uh, signing a little card and mailing it in. Salvation is not speaking in tongues. Salvation is not doing those things. Salvation is by the, wrought by the power and strength of the Holy Spirit in and through the Lord Jesus Christ's sacrificial death. And that sinner becomes a living, living, breathing, uh, renewed soul, my friend. Christ comes in to dwell. The Holy Spirit comes in to dwell into that dead carcass, and he becomes a new man in Christ. The Bible says any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Are you a new creature? I asked you that. I asked you folks who hear me, are you a new creature in Christ? Are you? Oh, my friend, I asked you, are you saved? Would, would you just be patient with the old trailblazer? I'm just, I'm just weary this morning trying to get the gospel out. Satan is a very ferocious enemy, my friend. I always got something up his sleeve. But would you pray for the old trailblazer? Go to the throne of grace and ask for the old trailblazer, my friend. Would you do that? And then remember, uh, help us with the broadcast if you can. We just want to get out the gospel. And the gospel is that Christ died for sinners. Remember my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. And my phone number here at the office is area code 225-664-8658. And uh, remember, uh, my mailing address, if you will, and my website, radiomissions.org. And I appreciate each one of you, every one of you who have written, who have emailed me, and uh, helped me with the broadcast over the last month or so, and I appreciate it. Until next time, goodbye, and may God bless you.